We're glad you're joining us today. As you know, we're on week two of a new sermon series entitled Bumper Sticker Faith. So I hope you heard Josh last week as she shared with us, he shared with us about what we can do to change people's lives. And maybe a bumper sticker hasn't ever, ever changed your life, but maybe you could. And how can we do that? It's by our belief and trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can help change their lives if we introduce them to Jesus. So what bumper sticker should I talk about today? Well, you guessed it. Jesus is my co-pilot, or maybe you've seen the one, if Jesus is your co-pilot, swap seats. So what are we trying to say about that? I'm going to be using examples from a book by James Moore, a pastor that I've used over years uh, for Sunday school classes, for sermons, what have you. And he always likes to point out three different things. Because his book is, If God is Your Co-Pilot, Swap Seats. And why would we do that? Because God, Jesus Christ, should be our number one priority. He should be the pilot of our lives. He should drive and direct, guide, sustain everything we do. He should be the pilot, not us. And that's hard for us because we don't like to give up control, do we? But we want, and that's the point I think that that bumper sticker is saying, let Jesus, let Christ choose God to be the pilot of your life. In the book, James, uh, excuse me, James Moore often talks about how he likes to watch other bumper stickers as he's going down the road. And you might like to do that too. And I hope that if you have a favorite one that we haven't talked about it, please be sure and let us know. Give Jano a call in the office or, or just type it out to us and say, here's a great bumper sticker you, meet, you missed. What one he likes particularly, and you've probably seen this, and at one time we even sang a song about it in church. It's don't worry, be happy. And so he saw that on the bumper sticker, so he likes to pull up to the car behind the bumper sticker and look over and see. Well, he said it looked like a young lady. She looked pretty happy and smiley, and she was just driving along, not going over the speed limit, and tapping her steering wheel, you know how we do, to the beat of the music. And he said, sure enough, I think she did fulfill that, don't worry, be happy. Well, then there was also another one, he said. He drove up, and the car, sure enough, it said... He said he didn't put it in the book even, so it said it was some profane statement, and he just couldn't imagine how it could even be on a car. So he says, I want to see who's got this. So he pulled up next to the car, and he said she was surely in her mid-80s, and it was a nice, expensive car. So he wasn't sure. So what is that all about? Maybe the bumper sticker doesn't match the person in the car. And then one last one I'll share with you. It was one of those, you've probably seen it, honk if you love Jesus. So he said, hmm, well, I love Jesus. So he gave him a little toot. Well, he said when he pulled up next to him, he said he was, had the grouchy look on his face and he was like hurrying around and he was thinking, I, you know, I don't know what you're honking about, buddy. And so he said, well, and then he gave him some type of hand signal and he said, as far as he knows in all of his studies as a pastor and seminary, he doesn't ever remember that symbol meaning anything of the Christian faith. So we can't always believe that what the bumper sticker says is what the car believes. So 
What we need to remember is the scripture. In the scripture, and we're referring to Matthew 6, 33, the scripture says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We need to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Remember, we've talked about on different occasions, we don't need to worry about the clothes we wear or the food we'll eat because God will provide all of our needs. Well, maybe it's I'm more of a t-shirt faith instead of a bumper sticker faith. You may be wondering, what kind of shirt is she wearing today? Well, G is for God. Remember the symbol in math, greater than God is greater than all of my highs and my lows. Or some say God is greater than all of my hills and valleys. We know in our Christian walk and our Christian journey with Christ, the one promise we have is he will never leave us or forsake us. He is always going to be with us when we make him our number one pilot, our number one priority in our life. He will always be with us through the highs and lows, the hills and the valleys. He's with us. He's for us. We need to take that and remember that. He used it with so many prophets. In Bible study, we're talking right now about Moses and how Moses, remember how he fought and said, oh, I don't want to do it, Lord. I can't speak. I just, I'm not the one. Choose someone else. And he, Lord had an answer back to Moses each time with his, he was fighting and arguing and he had a a reply to him each time saying, but the last thing he says is, I will be with you. That was enough for Moses to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. Once he heard those words, and we can each hear them ourselves as we ask Jesus in our hearts to be the pilot of our lives, the pilot of our journey. He will come to us and he will do just that. Sometimes when I'm trying to pick out, instead of my bumper sticker faith, it's my t-shirt faith, I look at a shirt and I say, well, can I live up to my t-shirt if I'm out in public? Well, remember at the ball game we got these one year? Well, actually a couple years we got them. And it said Methodist. And so it's like, okay, am I going to live up to that? Well, I can remember, it was I guess a year or two ago at annual conference, when we had these shirts and there were some protesters there that day because the church was in uh, talks about some changes in our policies. And I thought, well, should I wear that? Well, I think I will because I'm going to stand up because, yes, I believe in the Methodist church. I believe that God is, is the pilot of it. So, yes, I'm going to believe it and wear it. So wear it instead of my bumper sticker. I was wearing my T-shirt. And sometimes, James Moore mentions in his book, well, sometimes people are hesitant to say, well, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want him to be the pilot of my life. He said he was going to a gas station one day, and a young man there recognized him as the pastor of a large church and had seen him on uh, the TV before or on the Internet or wherever uh, with a service. And he said, oh, I know you. You're Reverend Moore. And so he said, well, yes, I am. Thank you for, for recognizing me. He says, we'd love to have you come join us sometime for service. And he said the young man kind of looked at him and said, well, I'm not sure I'm into that right now. Because some people think that by coming to Christ and being a follower of Jesus, we have to give up the good life. We have to give up all those fun things. 
But Jesus doesn't want us to do that. It's not necessary that we do that because Jesus brings us joy. He brings us happiness. He brings us fulfillment. We're not losing anything. We're winning everything when we choose Christ. Another point that we need to make is, do we have the I can't help it? I think when we think about putting Jesus as our number one priority, one of the second things is to say, I got the Jesus, I just can't help it. Well, what's a Jesus, I can't help it time? What's a moment like that mean? Well, you may have remembered a time, maybe when you come back from church camp, maybe when you've been to a retreat, maybe when you've had a wonderful experience with Jesus, you just can't help telling someone else about it. Well, that's what we need to have in our lives is that I just can't help it. You know, when you hear good news, that's what the gospel of Jesus is, right? Good news. When you hear good news, you just can't help but tell others about it. Well, that's exactly what one of his disciples, Andrew, did. You never hear much about Andrew, right? Well, let me remind you that Andrew was one of those who was bringing others to Jesus He's the one, actually, when he first heard the news, one of the very first disciples he was, and he was called, was he heard the news. We have found the Messiah. This is Jesus. We have found him. The first thing he did, he ran home to tell his brother, and he brought Simon, who later became Peter, the rock of the church. But Andrew was the one that just couldn't help but go tell someone. And aren't we thankful that he went and told his brother that Simon, we have found the Messiah. What a wonderful disciple Peter turned in to be. Well, what about Andrew? He, another time he brought someone to Christ. You know who this one was? It was the boy who had the five loaves and the two fish. When Jesus told the disciples, you feed the people, Andrew was the one that brought the boy with the fish and the loaves. And what happened? God blessed the food. Christ blessed the food right there to all those people. And they ate and there was food left over. Andrew also, at another time, there were some Greeks who were questioning and asking about Jesus. And, and Andrew says, well, I know just that person. And so he took Jesus to the Greeks because they had heard this news, the good news about Jesus. And so he took those people, those Greeks, also to see and talk to Jesus. Andrew played a small role, and we don't hear much about him. But he had the can't help it's right. He couldn't help but tell someone else. Well, another person, he shared, and I'm sure, and I hope and pray that you all know someone like this. But there was a woman in his church, or excuse me, in a friend's church, another pastor friend. And there was a woman in the church that had found this another friend and she had struggled. She had never been in the church. She'd had a rough life like many of, of us have had. And so she invited her to come to church. And as she was there, she realized how loved she was, how treasured she was. She got into a Bible study. She was involved in the Sunday school program. She was there in worship. She got in the Word. She was reading what the Word said. And she was starting to feel all those things. You are loved. You are treasured. You are valued. You are special. Those things that she had never heard before. 
And sure enough, she comes to be a Christ follower. She converts and turns her life over to Jesus. She is converted to the love of Christ. And she said one of the reasons was that it was just such amazing grace. Isn't that what it's all about? And so then she had the case of the can't help it. She was so turned into joy and had so much happiness to share. She wanted to share it with everyone she knew. The I can't help it. I've met the Savior. He is the pilot of my life. I just can't help but tell other people. That's what he's calling me to do. Aren't we glad he does that? The I can't help it. And I hope that you've also had the I can't help it. I hope you can say you've had a friend like that that brought you to Jesus. Or maybe you're working on a friend right now to bring them to church, to bring them to the love of Jesus. So I hope you get a case of the can't help it. He also mentions in his book, it's a song by, excuse me, Hall Johnson. I hadn't heard it, but I hope you have. It's Ain't Got Time to Die. He says the first verse goes something like this. Been so busy serving my master, I ain't got time to die. Boy, I hope that's the story we can all say. I don't have time to die. I've been so busy doing the what ifs and can't ifs and and just ask me about Jesus. You know, at one time we wore signs that say, ask me about Jesus. Ask me about Sunday school. Do we still do that today? Are we out there looking? Ask me about why I'm different And I hope that our actions are telling people. You know, we talked about, Josh mentioned it last week, actions speak louder than words. So remember that one if you're thinking about, what are other people seeing in me? Are they seeing uh, a difference? Are they seeing those what if? uh, What about the can't help it? So I hope that we can all be a little can't help it. There was once a little boy in a Sunday school, and or actually he was in school. And he was working on a project. The people said, the teacher had asked them, go ahead and write down the most important person in your life. So sure, a lot of kids wrote down, well, my mom, my dad, uh, you know, they went on and on with the list. And they were saying, who was the most important person in your life? Well, as they started to share their examples, the teacher came up upon this young boy and said, Well, I like your answer because I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure that that's the correct answer. Well, he had Jesus on his paper. That was the most important person in his life. And she said, oh, I need to remind you, it's the most important person in your life today, someone who's living. And the little boy, smart like they are, he spoke up and said, he is living, teacher. He's living in my heart today. Even a young schoolboy knew. He just couldn't help but share that news. And luckily his teacher already knew the story, but I'm sure there, wasn't some, there were some other children that didn't know the story. And, of course, you may have heard this little one about another little girl in school. And so she, all the children were making pictures, and she was coloring away. And so the teacher approaches her and says, well, uh, what, what are you coloring? What are you trying to do? And she says, oh, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, well, that'll be pretty hard to do because we really don't know what God looks like. And the little girl, smart and sharp as she is, with the I can't help it, said, well, they will when I get done with my picture. See, 
it doesn't have to be some hard lesson that we've learned. It's just looking around in nature and realizing, yes, I've got the, I can't help it. I can't help but tell people about Jesus. He is the pilot of my life. He is guiding and directing everything I say and do. And lastly, let's come to the, the priority of prioritizing. The priority of prioritizing. So what does that have to do with a bumper sticker and God being the pilot of my life? Well, in a small village in Italy, they have a tradition, unlike those here in the States, on New Year's Eve, at the stroke of midnight, no ball dropping, no, you know, anything else that we experience here in the States. But at the, at the stroke of midnight, they open their windows and they throw out everything that they don't want to take into the new year. They throw out, you know, we're talking pots and pans, cracked and chipped dishes, old clothes that you can't wear, shoes that are too big or shoes that are too little. Everything that they want to get rid of because they don't want to take it into the new year. Well, that's the kind of the way it is with Christ. We want to get rid of all those things in our lives that keep us from having him be number one. We got to get rid of the hate. We got to get rid of the attitude. We got to get rid of the selfishness. We can't have those things in our lives. Bad habits. Do we have some habits in our lives that we need to get rid of? Because are they taking hold of our lives instead of Jesus? There are many habits. We all know they're out there. We've got some of them. And we're working to get rid of those habits. We want to throw those habits out of our lives and make Christ the number one focus, our priority. Let Christ be the focus. Not any of those old habits, not any of that stuff that we want to carry with us. It all needs to go so we can focus on Christ. We have things that burden and hold us down, don't we? We think those things from the past are pulling us down. Those are some of those things that need to go out that window. The minute we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we want those to fly away. We want those to be gone. We want that old stuff gone. And then, too, we need to get rid of selfishness. You know, I think we're the ones that compete the most with Christ. I'm the ruler of my life, Christ, not you. But we need to remember, right? Swap seats. He is the ruler of our life. He is the guide and direction to our life. There's a story about a doctor. I believe his name's Dr. Adler. And he had an article in the paper that said, cure, 14-day cure for loneliness. So sure enough, the lady goes in, sees Dr. Adler and says, okay, I want this. I want this 14-day cure for my life. And so he says, okay, here's what you do. For 14 days, every day you go out. Do something nice for someone else. And she says, well, what if I don't want to do something nice for someone else? He says, well, it may take you 21 days instead of 14. Well, a lot of times when we're struggling with loneliness, it is something. We don't want to do something nice for somebody else. But when Jesus is our pilot, when he's guiding and directing our lives, he wants us to love one another, love others, do nice things for other people. And we've been doing that in this season of COVID-19, haven't we? We've been getting rid of the selfishness. We've been thinking of others. We've been putting others first, not us. Get rid of the selfishness. Another thing to get shed of. My husband's grandmother used to always say, we're going to get shed of things. So we need to get shed of those attitudes, get shed of selfishness. 
get rid of it because we want Christ to be the pilot, Christ to be the Lord of our lives. So as we think about setbacks, disappointments, different things that have happened in our lives, we're throwing out all the bad things. Let me close with this one bumper sticker that may bring it close to you. As he says, he was driving down the road, and sure enough, he saw another uh, bumper sticker. And actually, he had heard this story, I guess was told, from a local police officer. And the police officer said he was heading down the street. And he saw on this gentleman's car, it said, honk if you love Jesus. Well, he thought, that's interesting. Well, when the light changed colors, this car with the bumper sticker was the second in line. And I tell you, he said he went ballistic. The car in front of him wasn't moving. He was honking. He was hollering all those words. He was using all those signs and symbols that we talked about earlier. He was going crazy. He couldn't believe this guy wasn't moving. So he, pretend, he proceeds to be hollering, and you know how they do when they're hollering and shaking their arms and moving about, because he wanted him to move. So he finally moves and so the officer said he went up and he stopped him. He got him out of the car. He handcuffed him, put him in the back seat of the squad car. He calls into headquarters, talks with them a while, comes back, and he told the gentleman, yes, you're free to go, took off the handcuffs. And the man says, what on earth was that all about? The officer tells him, well, it's... A surprise to me, but this car does belong to you. He says, when I saw your bumper sticker and I saw how you were acting, I couldn't believe you owned the car. I assumed that the car was stolen. We don't want that to happen to us, do we? We don't want the T-shirts we wear, the bumper stickers on our car. We don't want others to see those bumper stickers and say, that can't be the person in the car. We want to be the person in the car that matches our bumper sticker when it says, honk if you love Jesus. Change seats, swap seats, whatever you need to do to let Christ be the pilot of your car and of your life. May it be so that we allow Christ to be the pilot, not only of our cars, but of our lives. It's in his name we come today and pray. Amen.